VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 651, recorded on May 24th, 2022. Welcome to the 651st edition of the TD Gaming Podcast and 484th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzig. I am Scott Dirk. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry and a gaming flashback. Uh, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. I'll tell you what I've been playing. Two things. Uh, one, I was playing uh, Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song. And um, it's basically an adventure game. It's a step above the uh, visual novels, you know, and I don't know if I like it or not. Um, it does something very interesting in which it feels like all of the quote unquote combat is in the dialogue. You're you're, you're fighting people with dialogue, which I actually like. I, w- I want to see some games that are like that in which you're not shooting at anybody. You're not you're not you know, you're not fisticuffing. No, no. All the combat is your dialogue. You know, and your victories are when you are able to get the information you want based on the based on your the rankings of your, uh, you know, like if you if you do detective work or if you're charismatic and so on and so forth. Um, I've gotten to the first see a lot of it is a prologue and then you go into three different missions and the first mission I do and it's like it's a slog and it's like I cannot figure out what. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't know how I'm supposed to do it, which means I'm probably going to have to do a, um, you know, have to Google some answers. Um, the other game I've been really getting into, and I know Scott will be pleased about this, is Aiden Chronicles Rising. So after the podcast last week, I really got into it, and I am really enjoying myself in it, except for one little itty-bitty thing, which is not as much of a of a, uh, of a barrier. How far have you gotten into uh, the RP- uh, the action RPG, uh, Scott? I've uh, completed it. Okay. Yeah. I am 10 hours in. Um, I'm past where the volcano has erupted. And I've gotten the fire lens. So I've got all four uh, ways to take down those barriers. So that's where I am right now. Um, once I... I f- I realized, you know, in town, you can fast travel anywhere. The game became a lot simpler. You know, you don't have to do as much running. And um, the one little problem is combat in which I wish there was a way that you can just completely turn off doing combos with other teammates. Because sometimes I just want Guru to be fighting because he has the ability to block attacks and knock attacks back. And what I don't want to happen is I'll be uh, attacking and all of a sudden it switches to uh, my magic user, which is exactly what you don't want to happen, you know. Well, there are times where you want to use her because she. Yeah, there are times you want to use her, but sometimes I don't want to use her at all. And it just goes into multiplayer, uh, multi-character combos, which I do not want. Like if I'm fighting a boss, in which what I want to do is use a Guru's sword to knock back things into the into the creature's face. The, the link attacks help a lot because it also slows down the boss while you're attacking. No, the, the link attacks 
I want to do the link attacks the way I want to do it. But here's the other thing is that um, with sufficient um, leveling up of your weapons and your armor, um, combat is a breeze anyway. So it's more yeah. of an annoyance than it is a, uh, you know, if I was dying a lot, I've only died once. And that was because I foolishly decided to go into a combat with low health on all three characters when I should have just saved at a checkpoint. But um, I'm engaged in the story. I'm enjoying – and I, one of the things that people don't like about the game, which I have no problem with, is all the side quests. This is side quest the game. Some of the side quests are simple as go to this person and tell them that person needs them. Yeah, they, some of them do seem a little silly, like you just walk – you know, five. You don't even need to walk. Away. You just fast. You just fast. You just fast travel to each of the locations. You don't even have to walk. <laughs> but uh, they they do have a nice amount of uh, character NPC development, and you 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 get to know the town and the characters. Yeah. And I think that's really the point of the game. Well, the entire point of the game is you're building up this one little town. Um, yeah. And as you go on, something I noticed. Um, I'm far enough into the game, and I noticed something subtle, and I just realized it. When you first go into the town, it's like barren. Right now, I'm at the point, and it's like all of a sudden, all the streets are crowded. Yeah. All the streets are crowded. It's like, oh, wait, this town is growing. Yes. And you'll notice when you're at the other locations that there's people there now. You know, they're, yeah. they're exploring it more as you explore it. Yeah. Um, like you'll have people at the quarry who are just scared shitless and are not doing anything. Yeah. They'll just be there worrying, and <laughs> it's like, okay. So, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. What were you going to say? I was just laughing how they uh, do go a lot more into the dungeons, and there'll be there'll be places where there's monsters like two feet away, and they're just sitting there. And I guess you have to take care of them, but yeah, they're they're getting a lot bolder. The characters. Yeah. So yeah, the entire game is you just building up this town, and like I said, it is a side it is a side story to Iden Chronicles, the full game. Um, and also, I think it's also part of the Sudikin universe, from it's what I understand. Not, oh. It's not part of the Sudikin universe because Konami owns that, and they can't use any uh, of that material. So it's sort of in the Sudikin universe, but they can't really say it's in the Sudikin universe. Got it. So. Yeah. Anyways, um, I'm having a good time with it. Um, it's one of those games which I've just started, uh, you know, just started, uh, you know, when I have some time, I just play it. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I think it was a yeah. fun game as well. I had a lot of fun with the characters, getting to know them, and uh, just building up the town and getting some lore. And also so getting to know the characters too. You start to, uh, you know, you start. There's a lot of storytelling going on there. Like, um, there's an entire faction of people, older people of the town, who are really down in what you're doing. Until, hey, guess what? We can turn this into a hot spring town, and they're, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Yeah, they got real happy when we got to that part. <laughs> so anyways, uh, that's what I've been playing. How about you, TJ? What have you been playing? Uh, what have I been playing? Um, you don't know, then you're in trouble. <laughs> There's a lot I've been going through, but I have to keep track of what's what I can talk about and what I can't talk about yet. We well, can talk about Tunic, right? <laughs> I can't talk about Tunic yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, however, I, uh, can talk about, shit, you know what, I'll talk about Tin Can. I played this uh, uh, during this last weekend, and, uh, it's, 
It's an indie game. It's from a, it's actually from a, a little crew called Ten Can Studios. And the premise behind it is you 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 escape an exploding space station in an escape pod. And trapped inside that escape pod, you have to keep all of its systems running long enough for you to survive and be rescued. And that includes like you have different components and computers and automated systems like oxygen, CO2, uh, air pressure, uh, electricity, uh, a main computer that tells you when things are going wrong. And every one of those has components inside them that's like things break down. And sometimes you have to pull components from one thing that's less essential in that moment to another thing. And you could die in so many different ways in this game. But it, uh, it forces you to think on the fly, try to adapt based on what's happening. Um, it's very high pressure. You could you can die from like lack of like lack of oxygen, too much oxygen, uh, too much CO2, uh, grabbing an electrical component that's still uh, attached to something that's turned on and getting shocked. Um, and it's like and there's a VR like beta for the game too. And I would love to play this game in beta because it's got a very like it's got a very like in the game you like you can carry an item in your left hand and you can carry an item in your right hand and go around the escape pod and attach it to something else so i would love to be able to fiddle around with my hands and 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 try to keep this escape pod moving while while uh things are basically failing in real time it was uh it was an interesting game how about you scott I've been playing a game called Horus, and it's a platforming game where you play a robot who is... Oh, God, this game? Oh, Horus, that's an old game. That's like from, like, 2014? No, 2019. No, I could have sworn it was... But here's the thing about that game. Um, You're going to spend, like, 100 hours on that game because it's one of those games... It's one of those platformers in which the uh, creator... Is so in love with this character, he just kept on adding more and more and more stuff and more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. It's charming for the first 30 hours, 30, 40 hours, but when you start hitting the 90, 100 hour mark, it's like, oh, please make it stop. <laughs> but yeah, horse. I'm enjoying it. I don't okay. know. I it's don't a long know game. It. I'll just going to say it's a very, very, very long game. So if you're enjoying it, hopefully you'll continue to enjoy it. Yeah, I've gotten to chapter seven now, and um, I, I've I, I, I captured Deck, and now I gotta go find Alice or um, the Professor. Uh, and basically, you run around collecting junk, and you uh, you have a you, wait. Did you get this on Steam or on, on Switch? Uh, Steam. Okay. And I so far I have the ability to go on to the ceilings or walls. And if you're not careful when you're outside, you could launch yourself into space and then you're, you're, you're seen orbiting the planet and you get a game over, uh, or it, it, it respawns you actually. Uh, and that's a nice part about this game is that if you're in tough spots, it respawns you immediately. So that way you could keep trying to and you don't have to restart the whole entire level kind of thing. Yeah. There's a lot and, of mini games uh, in it too. Yeah. There, there are arcade games. There are, uh, jobs that you could do to get money so you can buy tickets or upgrades and the upgrades are nice because you can get more um like i guess uh, instant like little uh, shield blocks that'll block you from taking damage uh you, 
get binoculars and a vacuum that sucks up garbage into you and also cleaning faster. Uh, so you get a, a combo as you collect more trash all at the same time. Um, and then one of the charming things I like about this game is there's so many references to just about every pop culture thing you could think of from the 80s. Basically, start. Well, with- there's a reason for that, by the way. Yeah, well, he, I'm sure he loves the 80s. No, because the the game you're playing right now is a ver- a sequel to a trio of games that came out in the 80s for Beam Software. Hor- Hungry Horus, Horus Go Skiing and Horus and the Spiders. They were for right. this they were for the ZX Spectrum, so they can tell you how old that game is. <laughs> I see. Well, it was ported it, to the C64. Mean- I liked the intro, the little like title, you know, it says a Paul something game, and it's the Thames River um, old intro where they would they would show the sky and then open up and you would see, you know, part of England over the Thames River, and I remember that from my childhood, and I was like, oh, that's so cool, and like you just start playing and you'll just see so many references, you'll see Ghostbusters and Star Wars and. Fraser and and just so many different things in there. It's, it's crazy. Also a reference to a UK platformer, and I can't remember for the life of me the name of it. It's like, um, oh god, um, I forgot the name of it. But it's a game that us Yanks never really played, but it was huge in in um in England in the eighties as well. And okay. I can't remember I can't remember the name of the character. Um, but yeah, uh, you're gonna be playing this game a long time. <laughs> I guess so. Um, it has a really good story so far, you know. Yeah, it's one of those. You really never know what, where that story is going to. It seems yeah. like, oh, it's like an, an inventor created a robot. That's what's going to be about? No, not quite. <laughs> it's going to be about a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of things, definitely. And the thing I like about it is there's a lot of. Um, and by the way, it's same thing with uh, Aiden Chronicles Rising. There's a lot of uh, contextual stuff that uh, story uh, telling that's going on that you, that they don't really say, but everything that you're doing sort of tells the story. Yeah, because like he doesn't, he's very innocent and he doesn't understand a lot of the things that are going on. But like I think you as a player get it, but like the the character doesn't, or yeah. at least not fully. Yeah, in the beginning you think it might be like Mega Man's story, but it's not. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Horace, hey, Horace is only 15 bucks, so. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice game. It, it really is, from what I've played so far. Yeah, well, um, like I said, it's a very, 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 very long game. And we, your tolerance of it will be tested. That's all I'm saying. It, okay. it's, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just saying your tolerance will be tested. Because sometimes games can go too long. I mean, uh, Dragon Age Origins, the first time I played it, it was 100 hours. But I didn't feel like 100 hours. I just said, oh, yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the story and all that stuff. With a platformer, you have less – you might have less tolerance. But like I said, hey, you might be a fan of the game in which, you know, after 100 hours, 120 hours, you say, hey, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, because I never really got tired of CrossCode, and that was a really fun platforming game. With a lot of parkour and puzzles. Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, but the horse has a lot of good music. A lot of, oh yeah, a lot of classical music. It, it varies things up. It's pixels. Uh, it's gonna nice. do a lot of stuff. Trust me. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna run the gambit. The gamut. 
Yeah. It's going to run the gamut of everything. They they do some Mode 7 stuff, which is fun. Um, yeah, and they, they show, like, all the arcade games are fun. They they do a uh, Space do. Invaders, but it's called Zombie Invaders. And uh, they they have Afterburner, but I guess they called it, what was it, just Reasonable Force? <laughs> they call it Reasonable Force. This is also British. This is a very British game. It is a very British game because it's based on a British character. Right. <laughs> But I mean, it's it's British uh, dry wit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You'll, yeah. It, it's very it's very apropos, I guess. Um, but I'm enjoying it. So we'll we'll see if I complete it or not. I, you know, if you're enjoying it, you're enjoying it. You know, it's it's just, you, you are the kind of guy who plays uh, Trails in the Sky and all the Trails in the Sky and all that stuff and all the East games. So I'm pretty sure you'll be able to tolerate it. Yeah, I think so. Anyways, we're going to move on to the gaming flashback. Uh Oh boy, this gaming flashback. Uh, This week's gaming flashback is World of Warcraft Cataclysm. World of Warcraft Cataclysm is the third expansion set for the massively multiplayer game online World of Warcraft, following Wrath of the Lich King. It was officially announced at BlizzCon on April 21st, 2009, although data miners and researchers discovered details before it was officially announced by Blizzard. Isn't it fun when those data miners find secrets that the developers don't want you to know? Um, the expansion was officially released on December 7th, 2010. Shortly after the announcement of the release date, on October 12th, uh, 2010, Blizzard implemented patch 4.0.1, which included the overhaul of the game's playing systems, including an overhaul of the talent system, major class changes, reforging item stats, a new level of glyphs, point systems for both PEVE and PVP, user interface updates, improved graphics, and a flexible raid lockout system. The expansion had World of Warcraft reach its peak of 12 million players. A year later, the subscription numbers had plummeted. For one, the goal of accelerating leveling players to 60 made the game far more linear and much of the exploration vanished from the game. A side effect was leaving less for players to actually do in the game. Underwater levels like Vashir were confusing and maze-like. Many zones were unfinished, especially for races like the Goblins and Worgen. Uh, Blizzard also made the dungeons far harder thanks to complaint that the dungeons in Wrath of the Lich King were easy. Uh, the quote-unquote never-leave-major-city syndrome slowly destroyed the community and the game world. As the population dropped, Blizzard once again overcompensated by making dungeons easier. By 2011, the population had dropped by 900,000 players. When the Hour Twilight patch was released, another 800,000 players had left. The controversial Looking for Raid uh, feature upset hardcore players for quote-unquote ruining raids with quote-unquote ultra-casual players, even though um, the people who did the Looking for Raid never actually played with the hardcore. They just played with themselves. Uh, the story was criticized as well. Deathwing, a feared NPC in the game who would indiscriminately bomb players in the original game, and oh, by the way, if that happened, it was always a cool moment, um, was disappointment as an antagonist. Thrall, another legendary figure in the lore, was also a disappointment as a protagonist. By 2015, subscribers had fallen to 5.5 million after a peak of over 12 million in 2010. So yeah, Cataclysm. Um, did any, either of you have any uh, deal with it? I was never huge into World of Warcraft, but I had a bunch of friends who were, and I remember Cataclysm being described to me by many of them as the expansion that fucked up World of Warcraft. It really did. I remember, I didn't play it, but I remember hearing about all the different changes that were gonna happen. There was uh there was like a crater in you know every every Yeah, place I mean died. here's the thing. There was a huge desert where the racetrack was was completely flooded and the thousand peaks were flooded. Um the the forest was burned to the ground and all of this and that. Um 
that didn't bother me as much as the gameplay changes. Um, yeah, that's the one that pissed a lot of people off because like you had full on a full on revamp of skills, and suddenly people's people people's meta, people's uh, class set, the 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 macros, the the style that they'd been using for years. Suddenly, all that stuff was just gone overnight, done, and you had to figure out how to play again. And for a lot of folks, I I remember hearing that Cataclysm just like it wasn't as deep to figure out as as it was as the as it previously was with skills. Yeah, because what they did was they had the archetypes, you know, and instead of you know choosing your skills, not you say no, you're going to take this, 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 and this, this if you want to do this. Yeah, but I was a priest who liked doing, um, you know, Power Word Pain, uh, Smite, and Power World Shield. No, you can't do that anymore. Not not past level 10. What? Yep. So you had, like, not only did you have, not only did you have, like, just completely removing everything that people had worked so hard to build with their characters over years, but you had a new system that was pretty unsatisfying. And I can't stress enough um, the linear experience. Um, when I was playing, when I came back to play briefly, I couldn't I couldn't notice how barren a lot of areas were, because apparently Blizzard thought, you know what what people really want to do is they want to play, they just want to get to level sixty. They don't care about lore really. They don't care about no. Of course, I I wanted to explore. You know, I enjoyed exploring. That was one of the things, you know, and once you're able to get a mount and fly around, then all of that magic was lost because you were no longer exploring. I mean, yeah, you if you're doing the, you know, the shuttle between uh, riding on the backs of a griffin or something like that's fine, you know. But being able to go wherever you wanted, that was no, that was it. It wrecked a lot of the game for me because a lot of it was just seeing what was new. You know. So, yeah, um. I mean, World of Warcraft is going to decline no matter what because, you know, people move on to other things. But going from 14 million, which always I thought it was 14 million, apparently it was 12 million. Going from that to just 5.5 million in five short years, that that that's that's a massive drop. And World of Warcraft still has a population, a very large population, but it was never the behemoth. Well, it's still a behemoth. I mean, MMOs have been so diversified there's so many mmos to pick from it's like people just go to the one they like and the the graphic style of world of warcraft is still you know very attractive the problem is i just hate what they did to my leveling system and i'm not going to play world of warcraft classic because that's just reductive Mm. and it was like you had such a high with uh with wrath of the lich king and you had such a high with uh, the one that came after that with the Draenei. Draenei, yeah. The um, Draenei and the Goblins. And then even Pandaria was silly, but even that. Oh, no, was it was, no, 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 no. It was, it was um, the Draenei and the Blood Elves. Mm-hmm. So. The Draenei uh, Space no, Elves. No, no the, yeah. the Blood Elves came along with. Oh, that was with the uh, the first expansion. Yeah, the Draenei came with uh, the Burning Crusade, the werewolf people. Yeah, no, no, the Draenei and the werewolf. No, it was the werewolf. No, the werewolf people came with the goblins. Those are the two major additions. The Draenei were before that. 
Oh, okay. But yeah, this. Uh, <laughs> and then right after, right after Cataclysm, they brought in Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> yep. But Which, a lot of the purpose behind Pandaria was fixing what they broke with Cataclysm. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, here's the thing. The last thing you should be doing is rushing people to a higher level because that'll force you to make your make content for high level, you know, and people will get bored very quickly. And if you're not rating, then you're not doing anything at that level. There's nothing to do. And then you just quit. That's pretty much what happened with me. I, I got bored of it once I got to a certain point and I didn't really wasn't interested in PVP and I, I just wanted to go adventuring and just it, it, it never made me feel like I was special. I, I, I felt like everybody was doing exactly the same thing. And anytime I'd go to an area, I'd witness someone beat the boss every five minutes. And then the and boss would respawn. <laughs> yeah, the boss would respawn and I would hear the announcement. Oh, congratulations, blah, blah, defeated the boss, whatever. And I, I saw memes and jokes about it, how you're like, User 500 blah blah who's who's beaten the boss and it just made me feel like why am I playing this game I don't feel special I don't feel like a part of this world I'm just watching everybody jump around troll and be whatever and I just was not interested in continuing anymore plus the time sink oh my god what was it the core or something or black rocks whatever was like five hours no thank you I just, just no. I'll, I'll play something else. It doesn't waste my time. I mean, I didn't mind those long dungeon. You know, I find a good group. I'd go into a dungeon, do the things there, and everybody shares the the loot. The problem is that you know don't uh, share the loot. That's the thing. You'll go in there. Oh, you have to roll the dice to shoot loot. Share loot. You have to rare dice. Everything and you don't get shit. No. You, oh, well, that's the thing. You have to go with a group that knows what it's doing because they have the uh, they roll the dice for people and only people who can use the items and all that stuff. Um, I unfortunately decided to become a, a uh, artificer, which means that a lot of the times I just wanted items just to break them down so I can make new magic, magic items out of them, which are hated in that community. Uh, it just, I would still be playing it. Um, then I played Rift, which was fun for a while. Then I played uh, Lord of the Rings Online, and then I played Star Star Wars: The Old Republic, and then I just stopped playing MMOs. Period. I might go back to Star Wars: The Old Republic. It's still running. So is uh, so is uh, Lord of the Rings Online too. They both went free to play. I, I did briefly do Dungeons and Dragons Online, and uh, my test was let's see how. Playing as a thief works, and it sucked. And I said, "Nope, they don't. They they can't do it." Thief is the hardest thing to ever have to. It's like having Superman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern, and then trying to figure out a way how to fit in Batman without Batman seeming like you have to cheat to make them good. Yeah, yeah. I did play DC Online too. That also is free to play. They had uh, a DC MOBA for a while that didn't that didn't. Oh, the DC MOBA was actually really good. Yeah, uh, I actually but no, no one gotten into it when it was around. But um, it just couldn't support a population because they wanted that for esports. It didn't work. Um, and you had also you had a a proto Overwatch DC game with Gotham Knights. Uh, what was it? Was it called Gotham? No, Gotham Imposters. 
Gotham Imposters, <laughs> which yeah, was yeah. really, really good, and it was way ahead of its time. A lot of the things that that game was doing, they're doing now. You know, everybody dressing in their own version of Batman or the Joker, and just going into going into a looter, sh- not a looter, sh- I mean a uh, a role playing shooter. You know, that game was way, 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 way ahead of its time. It had been released five years later; would have been a smash hit. Anyways, uh, we're gonna move on to quick news. Uh, Take Two and Zynga merge in the biggest deal in gaming history so far. The deal is $12.7 billion, and Zynga has a huge slate of successful mobile titling, including Golf Rival, the CSR Racing Series, and a raft of casino-type games. Um, I can just see Zynga doing a bunch of GTA gambling games now. But it's news because it's $12.7 billion. I still don't know what the appeal of Zynga is. I mean, yeah, I know mobile games, but you know they, they don't do Farmville anymore. Uh, Take Two has a vested interest in in expanding their mobile catalog, the, and not just like, <clears throat> and not just having the folks that have words with friends, which, <laughs> but like, but like actually like expanding things like their Grand Theft Auto uh, mobile games, think uh, other IP that they have, they they want to take a deeper step into the mobile space, and I think they're trying. I think they said on one of their earnings reports that they would like to even out their total profits. Uh, they want to, they want to like even it out between where they have like PC and console platform makes up 50% of their total profits. And then mobile makes up the other 50%. You want to bet that their NFL license game will be a mobile game. Probably. I mean, this is, they're betting big on mobile. That's the, that's the thing here. And, and Zynga, for lack of better terms, they are the they are the mobile developer in the West. Um, I can't think of any group in the West that uh, that encompasses mobile gaming bigger than Zynga. I guess. Um, another quick news: Norman Reedus confirms Death Stranding sequel. Uh, he just blurted it out on a podcast interview. That, yeah, I'm going to be in the second game. Uh, Hideo Kojima scolded him lightly about that. But I, I don't know if there was ever a doubt there's going to be a, a, a Death Stranding sequel. I think it was a given. This makes me want to go back and actually play through to the end of Death Stranding and see what what about the story warrants a sequel. Um, I got to about the fourth chapter of the game, which is about twenty hours in, and it puts you in a boss battle which fighting in the, like fighting fighting is not, play, is not is not the is not the is not the goal of that game no death stranding's fighting and gunplay sucks ass yeah uh, uh it's horrible it's every it, it feels like it feels, it feels like it was it was included just to have it because the entire the entire gameplay loop is just you trying to balance stuff on your back mm-hmm. and fighting in that game feels like with the with the momentum system, the momentum system doesn't go away when you get in a fight. So basically, <laughs> you're dropping all your shit while you're trying to throw a punch, and it also feels like you're just covered head to toe in mud and also trying to throw a punch. That game is wholly unsatisfying to to fight anyone in. But uh, 
but I do have, but I do like some things about the experience. Uh-huh. The like loneliness of yeah, I was about to say a lot of people liked the uh, the feeling of being isolated and just trundling across the uh, landscape with the stuff on your back. And we talked about it once how like you eventually you get zip lines and that makes travel. Last week we talked about it last week. Yes, <laughs> but you have to you have to work your way there. You have to build the 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 network and up to the point where like. I want that experience. I want that like relief of unlocking zip lines and being like, oh my god, it's going to be so much easier from here on out. That's uh, that's that's the kind of thing that a game like that where you struggle in the first part portions of it when you don't have any vehicles, when you have to walk everywhere, that th- stuff like that makes it kind of all the world all the more worthwhile. Unfortunately, it has the typical Hideo Kojima storytelling. Oh yeah. Man is a weirdo. Anyways, um, last quick news item. A future game show returns in June. Over 40 games will feature in the live stream, which will air noon Pacific on June 11th, a day before the PC gaming show. And um, Scott, you watch you watch the uh, you watch these things, too, right? I mean, I mean, we all I didn't watch the last one. Sorry, you didn't. I could have. Oh, no, there was the year before that. I think I had everybody watching the stream. And commenting yeah, on I it. watched um, uh, that that the game show one that was in Japan. I think I watched that. Uh, no, the PC but, gaming show that that's uh, that's usually around E3. We talked about it. That yeah, was the that was a show that actually yeah. they announced Persona 4 Gold for PC. Right. I, I, but I see the future game shows. So that sounds like something I should watch. Yeah, it's it's mostly uh, small indie games. So that should right. be interesting. DJ? There's definitely a lot of indie games out there. I'm very interested in indie games because, I don't know, these corporations are, uh, I don't know, they, they, they don't seem to be catering to what I want to buy or play. Okay, so some of the games that they announced are Wake In, which sort of, the, the, the graphics for Wake In make it look like it's an Alan Wake game, but it's not. <laughs> Uh, there's Dolman. I think there was news about Dolman today, wasn't there, TJ? That game has come out. Oh, okay. Thought it was still coming um, soon. They had the trailer for it on on YouTube. Ah. Oh, there's going to be a um. Oh damn! I can't believe uh, I forgot the name of the damn shark game. Uh, Man Man-Eater. Eater. There's going to be a Man Eater sequel. Mhm. And um. Well, I'm inter- I'm I'm not sure what I think of the future games show. I th- I don't know if it was just that I was burnt out by the time I got there, but I don't feel like <laughs> there was much going on in the future games show that I cared for by the time that we reached it. I feel like uh, <clears throat> by that point we'd already had the wholesome direct, and we'd already had I think one other. Ga- oh God, the wholesome direct was those interminable. Jesus Christ. And yeah, we were just blitzed from top to bottom with so many games in such a short time that it was just hard to keep track of any of it. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind that they're doing it, but man, I, I really hope they go a different route than that just full on gauntlet of here's a thing. Now here's another thing. Now here's another thing and another thing. And I'm just like sitting there choking to death on the first thing while they're trying to pile more on me. <laughs> but um 
Okay. <laughs> Future mm-hmm. game show. It's coming back. Okay. Well, like I said, um, I don't know if I'm uh, I'm not going to watch the uh, wholesome games live. That's definitely what I'm not going to do. I'm just going to have to to fast forward through that. This is just too much. It's just too much. There's absolutely no curation. Anything, no matter how small the game, even if it's like a, a 25 cent game, just include it. Um, but yeah, a lot of games have released launch trailers and uh, like uh, Heartspeak, Shipbreaker, and Dolmen. Um, uh, Scott, did you watch the Minecraft Marketplace five year celebration? I haven't watched that now. Okay, it's. Well, if you watch the trailer, it's just them celebrating five years of getting stuff from the uh, marketplace, uh, which is by individual creators. You know, a lot of individual creator th- uh, stuff that they have on the marketplace. That's what they were celebrating. So, but um, are you looking forward to Dolman, DJ? Uh, I played a bit of it in preview, and I I remember thinking it's a decent enough uh spin on uh, it's a decent enough uh take on this on the Soulsborne formula. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I cared enough about it to play it all the way through, but it's it's a different flavor, and I've heard people compare it a little bit to things like uh it's got a lot of Elderich in it, so it, I've heard people compare it a little bit to things like Legacy of Cain, yeah. which I don't know if I get that comparison, but right. so there were two trailers that were out in the past twenty uh, past week, which I do want to talk about. One is one that was just announced today, and that's I the Inquisitor which is based on a novel series, and oh my god. <laughs> so this is a universe in which Jesus was not content to be on the cross. No, he d- released himself from the cross and went on a killing spree. And that is Christianity in this world, in which the Inquisitors uh, make sure have powers given by Christ, in which um, you, o- you, obey, you obey God or bad things happen to you. It is... A, oh, what was the name of that, that 2D Souls game again that was based on the Spanish Inquisition? Blasphemy? Yeah. Picture Blasphemy except in 3D and even darker. <laughs> it is really just... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's also Little Witch in the Woods, uh, which is basically Harry Potter meets uh, Stardew Valley. Have you seen that one? Um, I have seen that one. I actually want to play that when it comes out. It looks fun. Yeah, I've seen that one too. Yeah. And Which, yeah, well, it looks like it has the same it has the same gameplay mechanics basically as Stardew, and it looks like Stardew, except it's yeah. about you being a little witch and doing the Stardew stuff with magic. That does that does sound cool. And finally, Greedfall 2. And that was a sequel I was not expecting. Yes. Greedfall... The the first Greedfall was... I liked it. I liked it. It was... It was a Mass Effect wannabe. um, And I wasn't in love with a lot of the combat. But I did like what they were trying to do with the story. Um, They were trying to do. And I'm putting stress on trying to do. And I would like to see how they improved it. It's so strange because it's like 
it's colonialism invading this fantasy fiction world, right? Yeah, and, but it has to be fantasy fiction so that uh, the natives <laughs> are not pushovers. They have magic. Um, but yeah, this was, uh, as far as I remember for a lot of folks, I remember hearing this game was just kind of underwhelming. And it was in that, um, like I said, it was Mass Effect Light, And I think that's what people are reacting to. Mm-hmm. It didn't have the money and the experience that Bioware has. Cause I think if Bioware did this game, it would be a much more polished experience. Um, and it didn't help that the game was relentlessly depressing because you knew where things were going. It was yeah. like it was like it was like a car crash in, in slow motion in terms of the, of the story. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that um, it was well written, but you knew where things were eventually going and just made you depressed. And it's one of those games which you want to fight and see if you can get the if you can possibly get the story that you want. <laughs> I've heard that the uh, the combat system was was worthwhile. The combat system, I'm on two. Uh, it was okay. I, I mean, I wasn't in love with the combat system, but that's fine. I mean, that's just me. Hmm. Um, other than that, you know, not much else. I mean, you have the my, uh, my Angry Birds coming to Minecraft. I don't know if what what Scott thinks of that. I I don't care. That's what's <laughs> Because I've already bought it stuff in like helicopters and machine guns and old cars and stuff. So it's like, whatever. Um, I, I play on Java. So whatever's in Java is what I'm familiar with and playing. Yeah. And as everybody predicted, uh, Fall Guys is coming to Xbox. And it's, been calling, it's being called Free For All, which I think implies that it's going to be free to play. Also, you have multiverses too, which is basically the uh, um, the WB characters fighting. <laughs> so you have Batman versus Bugs Bunny versus Shaggy, etc., etc., etc. One minor thing, um, which I should mention, is that the Evil Game, uh, Evil Dead, the game too, uh, did very well. I think it sold over five hundred thousand copies in the first day. It looked. I've I've seen it played, and I I want to jump in. It's got it's it's janky. It's a janky game. And well, look who who look who the protagonist I, is. <laughs> the reason why I don't mind that is that it's janky in the way that makes me think of the things I loved about the original Friday the Thirteenth game. Yeah. And I kind of dig that like sort of schlock added to a janky gameplay system it seems like the the uh it seems like the the current meta is a little too is a little too uh or i'm sorry it feels like the balance is a little too much in favor of the demons which i hope they balance that out because dang you do not want an asymmetrical game to be too much in one favor that's how evolve happens but the the amount of love they have for the for the source material and the way that you play the game it looks like a blast actually i just want to ask you this what do you think of gotham knights so far i really want to play it i think it's i think uh it's it's still i still want to see a lot more because what we saw wasn't exactly the most 
I would say that driving scene, right? That that was a little bit janky too for a, for an for an Arkham Knights game. Um, but the idea of playing an Arkham game and co-op still sounds appealing to me. And I was happy to see how just how different each of the characters plays from each other. Um, I really am going to be interested to see just like I really want to explore these characters and see how they level up and see how they expand their abilities. Plus, I just want to get together with my friends and beat up folks as Red Hood, Batgirl, Robin, <laughs> and Nightwing. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention I finished Bug Snacks. Nice. Yeah. Interesting are ending. The, are you going to go for the DLC? Um, probably. I, I've stopped playing it for now. Um, I I have I finished the main story and there's all these um these side quests in which you have to capture you know all these other bug snacks. And I have to admit, one or two of them I did have to look in the wiki to figure out how to get them or where to find them. I'm glad none of them were the ones that only appear when it's raining, because that would have just driven me driven me nuts. So, anyways, um, we are going to move on to game news. Uh, go ahead, TJ. EA is reportedly looking to be bought from PC Gamer. A new report from Dylan Byers of the independent publication Puck claims that Electronic Arts, which has a market cap of $36 billion, has been seeking acquisition by an even larger company and was almost bought by NBC Universal. According to the report, Brian Roberts, CEO of NBC Universal parent company, Comcast, approached EA's CEO Andrew Wilson with an offer to merge EA and NBC Universal leaving Wilson in charge of the combined entity. Negotiations continued over a period of several weeks before breaking down over questions of price and the merged entity's final form. The report goes on to note that EA has also discussed the possibility of acquisition with Disney, Apple, Amazon, and Amazon, with the Disney talks focusing on EA sports franchises and their potential synergy with ESPN. EA has also published high-profile adaptations of the Disney-owned Star Wars series, with a video game exclusivity deal between the companies expiring next year. Could you imagine how chilling that would be if Amazon bought EA? I don't know if I want any of those companies. I don't think I want anyone buying EA either. I, I wouldn't mind Disney owning them, because Disney is an entertainment company, and it would just be like... It's like with uh, WB uh, with uh, the WB Games label, you know. So it wouldn't, and also EA has already dealt a lot with Disney anyway, so that that doesn't bother me much. Um, but Amazon, that would be chilling. Apple, that would be even more chilling. Uh, there's there's no way that of course they would have exclusivity on on Mac OS. <laughs> Now, here, here, imagine if it's eventually Microsoft that buys EA, too. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft owns Electronic Arts and Activision. That's not a monopoly. <laughs> yeah. I I guess you're right <coughs> on that front. Like, at least Disney knows what it's doing with entertainment. But uh, <coughs> Disney also just- likes to put shit in the vault. And and that could be frustrating. So I don't know if they would do that with the games. Yeah. Um. Either way, it's interesting that EA wants to be bought so badly. <laughs> I I don't know. It's 
they like they just ended up getting out of the partnership with FIFA, and now they're talking about getting acquired. Well, you know, a lot of the projects by EA have not gone well. You, no, I, I wonder how much they invested in Anthem, for one. Mm. They invested in everything that Bioware did, but they couldn't help but meddle with the developer, with a Rockstar developer that they acquired. They decided to meddle with them. That's something that Microsoft never did. Microsoft never went with Bungie and said, uh, you're going to do what we do want, you know. And when they said, we're tired of Halo, and they said, okay, see you later. We'll let you go. Um, I mean, my, uh, Microsoft meddled before uh, with other developers. What's interesting is that none of the developers really broke down. I mean, Lionhead was rescued twice by Microsoft. Um but rare, at least they they got they finally got to put to good use. But like I said, Electronic Arts is probably having its own problems. And here's the thing: um, let's not pretend that they don't have the same problems that uh, Activision Blizzard is having right now with the workplace harassment. Uh, there's plenty of stuff going on there too. It's just that Activision Blizzard and other people have been getting all the attention right now. Yeah, and. I don't know. I guess I kind of just expected that if anything, EA would probably be on the uh, would probably be on the buying end rather than the selling end. Well, we've seen with Activision Blizzard, you know, that uh, EA's main competitor, they can be bought. Mm-hmm. But that was such an astronomically large deal with uh, with Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. Like that's seventy billion dollars, almost seventy billion dollars. That's a lot of money. Even even Zenga got bought for just twelve for twelve billion, and I think, <laughs> like, I don't know. That that's, I don't know what kind of money would be would have to be thrown around for an EA acquisition, but I feel like it would probably have to be up there alongside that that Activision Blizzard level of cash. We'll see. We're gonna move on to the next item. Go ahead, Scott. Okay. More PS1 games get trophy support as part of revamped PlayStation Plus. This is from Eurogamer. As Sony's revamped PlayStation Plus subscription service goes live across Asian markets, more and more previously unknown details are beginning to emerge, including the news that Siphon Filter won't be the only classic PS1 title getting trophy support at launch. Achievement tracking website Exophase has revealed trophy lists for four more PS1 games alongside the previously announced Siphon Filter, IQ Intelligence Cube, Hot Shots Golf, Ape Escape, and Wild Arms, which notably wasn't on Sony's previous list of PS1 inclusions. I love Wild Arms, and my question is, if I've bought it on PS3, would they port that over to PS4? No, no absolutely not. Again? No, no, <laughs> sorry, no. You have to buy it again. No, which one? Do I have to Wild buy it arms. again or do they port it? You have, to buy the, you have to buy the new port. Okay. Sony's previously confirmed list of PS1 titles coming to PlayStation Plus, also including Jumping Flash, Mr. Driller, Tekken 2, Worms, Armageddon, and Worms World Party. But there's currently no indication that these will receive trophy support, too. 
away from trophies. Sony's confirmed a select number of PS1 and PSP games will be getting a save anywhere and rewind functionality. And a recent leak has pointed to multiple resolutions for PS1 games, native 4.3 and 16.9 and stretched, as well as Street Filters, Default, Retro Classic, and Modern. I'm assuming those are um, like uh, what Microsoft does with uh, the... Uh you know, 4K, uh, 50 frames, 60 frames per second for old, old, yeah, you know, backwards like, compatible games. People like that CRT filter with all the lines. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know. It might work. Um, I wouldn't mind if old Xbox like games got achievements. You know, I'd like to play my PS1 games on the PS4. That would be really good. But uh, unfortunately, this is the only way you're going to be able to do it. So here's the thing. You won't have to buy these because, if, like I said, play, play, the new PlayStation Plus subscription is going to be the CLB Game Pass. So you'll you'll have it no matter what. You'll just have mm-hmm. to download the version of Wild Arms that's, that they have. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I saw Sci-Fi, I saw Siphon Filter on this list, and I got a little bit giddy. Because uh, that is easily one of the funniest games I've ever played. Um, anyone who remembers that game has a ta- has an air taser in it that uh, if you zap somebody with it for long enough, they burst into flames. And most of the time, I would just be running around levels tasing people. <laughs> It's it was the stupidest silliest thing, but like that game is it, it's ridiculous. I love it. Um, the other games on this list, like I'm I've really been rooting for PlayStation to actually do a good job with this uh, with this PlayStation Plus revamp because there's a lot of things from the old school that I would love to have and and play. Um, I was taught we were actually talking about this at my uh, outlet last week. I would love to see them bring back. No one can stop Mr. Domino, uh, which is like a active. It's another active puzzle game in which you drop domino. You like travel through an obstacle course and drop dominoes behind you and then go around the course again and knock the dominoes that you set down and, and trigger a whole bunch of different things on the board. I uh, I loved that game and I love things like it and I would I hope that that's one of the ones that eventually comes here. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, like a lot of people are just annoyed that they can't buy these games. You know that it has to be part of the Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean it's the uh, same thing with like the moving from the Virtual Console where you could just buy those games on the Wii and Wii U to this. Nintendo Switch Online library thing now. Like, there's really no reason why you shouldn't be able to just buy these games if they just wanted to put them online, but for some reason they make them part of the subscription. Yeah. But... I wouldn't mind seeing Xbox achievements on original Xbox games like Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, or even... Um, no, not, Well, Psychonauts already has achievements now. Uh, they're Steam achievements, though. Uh... But, you know, just the old, that's the one, you know, or like, oh, God, I for, I can't believe I ever got the name of that flying game that everybody loves. You know the one I'm talking about, the Xbox flying game. Everybody's flying around. No? You, you fly um, a plane. Crimson Skies? Yeah, I'd like to see achievements for Crimson Skies. But anyway. Crimson Skies. I wish they would make another Crimson Skies. Backwards compatible. <sighs> But I know what you mean. I would like to see them make another uh, Panzer Dragoon. 
which they did, and no one played. <laughs> they they called it something different. Uh, Red uh, was it Red Dragon? Red Dragon. Anyways, uh, anyways, we do have listener feedback this week um, from Bob from Newark. I'm hoping to see Starfield footage at the Microsoft Bethesda show in June, even if the game is delayed. Yeah, I mean, I can't see them not showing footage. They, they, they should have some sort of footage, even if the game isn't finished. They should have at least a vertical slice. Yeah, I uh, I think you're right. I think that we probably won't. I hope I hope we don't see just another cinematic cutscene because that would be kind of a bummer. I hope we actually get to see something in the form of even in just a brief glimpse of gameplay. Yeah, and I'd also like to see what contraband is. Yeah, for sure. Because we don't. When it comes to a lot of these games that we saw last year at Xbox, a lot of them were still in teaser format. So like we've either seen just cinematics. Just concept art, or just like a five-second teaser of like a title. I know, so Scott. Be, it. Go ahead. So it'll be cool, if like at the very least, with all these games being delayed, if we can at least get like some idea of what the gameplay is going to look like. I would slay to see uh, more Redfall, like actually see what Redfall is going to play like. I know Scott is probably going to be excited to see if they have any Indiana Jones gameplay. That would be nice to see, or at least some sort of details on how they're planning on the, the gameplay to be I you know it's like I'm pretty much just expecting a uh, first person shooter or maybe something like uh, Uncharted or Laura um, Tomb, Tomb yeah Tomb Raider Tomb Raider yeah Tomb Raider they did make a Tomb Raider style Indiana Jones game which is actually backwards compatible and it was okay I wasn't really that big a fan of it um, I'd like to see something a lot more refined than that it was yeah, because it would be pretty cool to whip around, you know, just have them. I think that would be a good fun mechanic for them to have. You can whip on things and be a little bit like uh, Spider-Man a little bit. <laughs> what do the voice actor for Indy will be? Because the one they had for the Xbox Indiana Jones game that was a Tomb Raider clone, he did a very – what, did he speak? I don't remember. But I think they, the, the one they had for Fade of Atlantis was pretty good, so – yeah, I think they can find someone. So, anyways, um, go ahead, uh, TJ. Our next listener feedback comes from Ralph. Uh, hi guys, as always, thank you very much for the episode. I am not playing much at the moment, but some rounds of Magic: The Gathering Arena and some rounds of uh, World of Warcraft are always there. I also started playing Itora, which is a very nice Metroidvania game. Have you played it? Itora. You don't know Itora? I don't. <laughs> oh, did we? This is the one we talked about that. Yes, time. this I, is the one we were talking about the other day. Uh, well, not last week, but I still need to dig into this one. I have it on my Steam wish list. Yeah. Yeah, so do I. Um. But uh, regarding your topics, walking simulators, I really like those games. For me, games like Life is Strange, Journey, Heavy Rain, and Detroit become human were awesome and i played all of them most of them have fantastic atmosphere good story awesome music and i did not get bored or or it felt and it never felt repetitive well just to say um those games are adventure games they're not walking simulator games when we say a walking simulator game we mean you just walk and things happen they can be bad and they can be good like i said uh what what be uh, what what remains of edith uh what remains of edith finch uh i think mm-hmm. that's the name of it 
that is a good walking simulator game. It has mini games, but it's not really an adventure game. A lot of people liked Gone Home. I was ambivalent about it. Um, I guess I played it at the wrong time because I played it after I played something like What Remains of Edith Finch and uh, stuff. Um, the other one that I really liked, of course, was uh, Firewatch. Um, I don't know if you've tried that one. Ralph, I mean, Ralph. I don't know if Ralph, Ralph if, you, if you like those sort of games, try Firewatch. Yeah. Uh, FIFA. I can't describe how less I care. About <laughs> I never played any FIFA since I had one about 20 years ago for the PS1. The best soccer cup, the best soccer game of all time is still World Cup for NES and older Game Boy. Uh, Starfield. It seems that I am the only person who is not hyped for that game. Nearly all of my friends are waiting for it since it was announced. Well, yeah, I mean Bethesda and RPGs have a huge fan base, and even I fall for it. You know, like I got, I really got interested in Fallout 4. And then I completed it and I lost all my interest in it. But I'm hoping, you know, new new engine, please. Don't use yeah. the same engine that you keep on using for all of your games. But I'm excited for Starfield simply because uh, space RPG is my thing. And there are so few of them. I mean, I'm trying to get back into Elite Dangerous. I just can't. I'm actually getting hyped for Star Citizen because it... It's gone too far. People are playing it in alpha. It's going to come out someday. And um, I'm hoping Squadron 42 allows the same amount of freedom that Star Citizen does. But Starfield is going to be an RP. And here's the thing. The Outer Worlds, I did not like. Which shocked me because it's Obsidian. So I'm hoping Starfield scratches that itch that the Outer, the Outer Worlds did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I know you had issues with uh, with Outer World, and I know that uh, Starfield is going to be a little bit more broad in scope because it seems like you'll actually be able to to engage in some actually flying around a little bit. Yeah, I mean it's not going to be like you know something like uh, uh, Elite Dangerous or Star Citizen, in which everything is really wide open. Because they mentioned very specifically, there's going to be these places and these planets. You know, it's going to be crafted, so it's not like you're going to have you know, but it's going to have a little more freedom than you did with Outer Worlds. But that was the Outer Worlds. The thing that I didn't like about it was the story and the combat, which were dull as dishwasher, uh, dishwater. That's the only problem I had with it. I'm hoping Starfield is a little more engaging. And you know, you do have a you do have a mech that you're going to be piloting. So there's that. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. It'll be interesting to see how this goes. Like I said, I really want to see gameplay on this game. That's going to be kind of... I'm not hyped for it yet because all we've seen is concept art for the most part. Well, it's less than three weeks from now, so we're going to find out. Mm -hmm. And I hope we do. Like, I really want to see Star... I really want to see gameplay of Starfield. I really want to see gameplay of Redfall. I also want to see Avowed. I really yeah, that but that's up there too. Yeah, I mean that's Obsidian. I was about to say, but yeah, it is the Microsoft Bethesda thing, not just Bethesda. But I will say this, um, you know what Microsoft and Bethesda might do that will dominate all conversation for the next few months if they even if they show any hint, even of a, just a teaser, and that is the Elder Scrolls Six. If they show a teaser and give some hint of what it's going to look like and what it's going to be, you know, sort of like what they did with uh, Hellblade 2, 
you know, just enough to show what the engine is going to be like and what a tint of what the gameplay is going to be like, people will be on that like white on rice. And everything else that's announced in the uh, in that in that uh, that thing is going to be muted by Elder Scrolls Six. I cannot imagine them actually in making that announcement. They showed the teaser title screen for Elder Scrolls Six. I know, but they, it feels they like did that far. It feels like it's still years off with uh, with the fact that they have they still have to get through Starfield. Oh, really? Yeah. Sony showed 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 Last Guardian how many years before it was actually released? Yeah, but that wasn't <laughs> good. But that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> I, it wasn't a bad game. It was just I know a mediocre. No, I'm saying game. it wasn't a good idea to show it that early and then leave people on the hook for what ten years. But it got them the hype for that year for the next two years. What were you going to say, uh, Scott? I was just saying that I'm pretty sure I remember Todd Howard saying that Starfield has to be finished first before they even start on Elder Scrolls Six. That's so bullshit. They might not He's lying. Have anything really to show for it yet? He's lying. That's not. That's not how game development works. Um, I'm will. I'm willing to bet you anything that what they've been working on with Elder Scrolls Six is the engine. And the basic uh, movement and moving around through the environment and very, 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 very basic combat. And they'll have if they have that to show, then it'll just dominate all conversation. Because remember, it has been 11 years since uh, Elder, uh, Elder Scrolls V came out. And they're still selling that game for full price. Yeah, that's be- pretty crazy. They, they've run out of consoles to put the <laughs> put it on. There's, there's there's been jokes where they showed Skyrim on SNES cart. <laughs> no, they have, they announced Sky. Uh, they have a Skyrim coming out for the PS6. Yeah, <laughs> that's when I, that's what's going to happen. You know, though, it's gonna we're that's what we're gonna get. We're gonna get Elder Scrolls Five on PS5 and Xbox Series XS. The official, the official upgraded version. No, that's already been announced. What do you? Where have you been? Wait, they already announced. That? They already announced that a while ago. Where have you been? <laughs> of course, they have it coming out for these this generation of consoles remastered. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That was the, one of the first things they announced. Okay, that's like I've saying under a rock. That's like, well, guess what? They did the, the Grand Theft Auto Five has also been remastered for Xbox Series X and PS5 too. So, those two games, I mean, who knows when Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to be. Oh, wait, did they did they already confirm there was a 6 at some point? Those two series, you know, they're just gigantic. It's like, yeah, yeah um, you know, J- Japan has their Dragon Quest. Uh, we have our Elder Scrolls. <laughs> we have our Elder Scrolls and Grand Theft Auto. That's our Dragon Quest. Uh, when both games are due to be released, there's going to be national holidays for it in the United States. Unofficial national holidays. People already did that with uh, Grand Theft Auto V. Do you remember people taking off days of work for to just delve into it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, what's interesting is I wonder if they're going to do what Grand Theft Auto did and split. Um, well, they already did that already. Right? You, you already have Elder Scrolls Online. So they don't, they don't need to do that because, remember, they did Grand Theft Auto online. 
Yeah. But they already have Elder Scrolls Online, so that's uh, that's a moot point. But yeah, um, what was that rumor that where it was going to take place? Uh, Scott was Dragon Peak. Hammerfell. Hammerfell, right? It was that rumor that was going to be in Hammerfell, and they 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 saw the uh, that table or whatever it was, and they were trying to glean all this information from it, trying to find Easter eggs and hidden messages in that table. So. I yeah, just they, they analyzed that it might be Hammerfell just from that title shot that it looked very arid and deserty, and that they felt that that meant it was Hammerfell. You know, I'd like if they did what Daggerfall did and just have all of Altaria there, all of it, the entire the world. Elder Scrolls Online, you have all of Tamriel. Tamriel, yeah, but that's what I want to see in Grand Theft Auto. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, Elder Scrolls Six. Imagine if it was all Tamriel. Yeah. I mean, they have the art assets for it. They just have to improve it. We'll see. We'll see. But the other thing is that if it's going to have integrated co-op, I think that's what a lot of people probably are going to start wondering about. They haven't wondered about it yet. I, I haven't seen anybody uh, saying, is Elder Scrolls Six going to be co-op? Because that's just a game that's screaming for it. Hmm. I mean, even if it's just two-player co-op, you know? I mean, you and a buddy in Tamriel... That would be that great. Would be nice, yeah. Whatever it is, don't make it fall off 76. <laughs> yeah, I know even, that even the Dark Souls game says co-op. Um, I mean, uh, good on Microsoft for forcing Bethesda to make uh, Fallout 76 playable, and and people are still playing it. Good on them. We'll see what Elder Scrolls 6 is like. But like I said, um, I'm like. As DJ said, in the here and now, I really want to see what Starfield is. Mm-hmm. No more teasers. Just let me know what I'm what I'm going to be doing in that game. And the thing about that game, and we've discussed it before, it looks like it's going to be a very nuts and bolts uh, science fiction game. It's not going to be like Elite Dangerous. It's not going to be like Star Citizen. This is more going to be more like, well, they said it's going to be like a lot of NASA. So you're going to have a lot of... Uh, bulkiness, you know, lower tech than you normally find in it in this kind of story. Not like El- like Outer Worlds. Like, people are just like 200 years after getting to new planets. You know, just people are just starting out, basically. Yeah. It's very, very ambitious what they've, uh, what they've said about it. Now it's time to show. <laughs> um, June 12th. But to cap things off, uh, Ralph said, keep healthy and keep on with the good work, guys. Greetings from Germany, Ralph. Yeah. Anyways, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news that are going to be history articles. We enjoy your feedback, leave us comments on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, this up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us some iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Chard Ravar. And we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all.